Welcome to the Licensing Podcast, where we take what may seem like the extremely boring and try to make it a little less boring. Each episode is geared towards a story to help provide you with some of the background of where these topics come from, why they work the way they work, and what you can do about it on your test. We're going to provide a lot of realism. Unfortunately, you can only provide so much fun. This session focuses on Fed rates, but at the same time to talk about Fed rates, you really have to talk about the Fed in general. So we're going to talk about specific rates and then a little bit near the end about open market operations. So we'll start with what the Fed is. Well, in order to talk about the Fed, you have to talk about the philosophies of money. In today's current world, we believe that there are certain actions we can take to influence how people perceive their money and how they go about spending their money. In theory, the hope is that we'll promote policies that create wealth for a lot of people and keep us away from recessions and depressions. And there's two main philosophies in doing that that we tend to discuss in the economic world. There is monetary policy where we have the belief that if we control the money supply, we'll be able to influence how people spend their money and perceive their riches. And then there's fiscal policy, where we use mainly congressional spending in a big purse, push around the economy kind of way to ensure that the economy stays healthy, jobs keep coming, and people perceive themselves as wealthy. The Fed is an extension or an action arm of monetary philosophy. So you'll find that nowadays, the way we think about it, very much through the lens of a monetary policy way. I just want the listener to know that it wasn't always that way. There are times in American history where we're big supporters of fiscal policy. There are times in American history where we're big supporters of monetary policy. It just so happens that right now the pendulum tends to focus on the monetary side of the line. So the Fed becomes very important to us. Officially, it's the Federal Reserve Board, or the FRB, or simply known as the Fed. And whoever runs the Fed tends to be perceived as having a lot of power in American economics right now because it tends to be the action arm of the monetary policy that we're pursuing. Now, from a congressional standpoint, the Fed is empowered to do very specific things in its attempt to control the money supply. The book will cover something called DORM. They control discount rates. They control open market operations. They control the reserve requirement. And they control the margin requirements. For this episode, we're going to ignore the R and the M. I'm not going to talk about reserves and I'm not going to talk about margin. But I do want to talk about discount and open market. In the debt section, we specifically talk about the discount rates. In the analysis section, we come back and hit heavy on the open market. And it should make a lot of sense that debt and analysis are going to be tied together in this space. The Fed is controlling rates. And rates are the things that influences bonds. So it's very natural that these two have a bond analysis kind of flavor to them. So with that context, let's get started. The first thing we're going to address is discount rates. When the Fed decides that the economy is not doing good enough, or conversely, maybe doing too well, and we want to slow things down, they can influence rates. The specific rate that they influence is the discount rate. Now, the discount rate is the rate at which the Fed will loan money to their customers. So we got to stop there for a second. I need you to know that the customers the Fed deals with is not the retail public. The customers the Fed deals with are what we call primary dealers. These tend to be large commercial or investment banks. 
um, institutions that have billions of dollars that they'll turn around and trade with their retail customers with, but the Fed needs people with big pockets in order to make the influence that they're trying to do. So why would the Fed loan or take money from these primary broker-dealers? Well, the answer there is actually pretty simple. It revolves to the reserve requirement that I'm not going to spend too much time on. You want to know right now that the reserve requirement says that a bank has to have X amount of money in its vault every day. That's the simplest we're going to leave it at. The rate right now is around 10%. So if a bank has a million dollars in deposits, it actually has to have $100,000 in cash in its vault or the equivalent thereof. Tonight rolls around, and I'm a local regional bank, and I only have $90,000 in my vault. So I'm $10,000 short. If I stay $10,000 short, I'm going to get in trouble with the Fed. So what I'll do, and this might sound a little funny because we're used to hiding things from people in authority like uh, I don't tell my dad that I hit my brother kind of way. But the best thing for me to do is to call the Fed and say, hey, Fed, I'm $10,000 short. Can you give me a loan so that I don't get in trouble with the requirement? And the Fed will say yes. They'll loan me the $10,000, and because it's a loan, they'll charge me interest. The interest they charge me is at the discount rate. Now, for the other three rates that show up in the Fed rate section, maybe I don't want to call the Fed. Maybe it really is like calling my dad, and, and I don't want to get in that kind of trouble. So I do that thing where in high school when I ran my uh, car into a tree, I didn't call my dad. I called my brother, and I was like, man, you got to save me. And of course, he's laughing at me for a little bit because I'm in trouble, but he's going to help me because he knows in a week or two, he's going to try and sneak out the house and he's going to get in trouble and he's going to need some port, right? So this is two brothers helping each other out. So I'll call a local bank instead and I'll say, hey, other bank, are you over your reserve requirement? And they'll say, yeah. And I'll say, can I have some of the money to cover my requirement? He'll loan me that money, but he'll charge me interest just like the Fed will. So bank-to-bank -bank lending, the rate he's going to charge me is going to be less than the discount rate that the Fed would have charged me because he's kind of like my brother. He's in it with me. We call that rate the Fed funds rate. I know they're kind of named a little backwards, but so our, our stack rank here is the Fed funds rate is a small rate. The discount rate is slightly higher than that. The Fed funds rate is bank-to-bank -bank lending, whereas the discount rate is Fed-to-bank lending. Now, in this space, the other rates are broker loan rates, the rates at which banks will loan money to broker-dealers when they want to do margin deals with their customers. And then the next highest rate after that is the prime rate. And that's a rate that a bank will give when it loans money to its best customers. And when I say best customers, I want you to think institutional customers, extremely wealthy customers. Your average retail investor doesn't get prime. You, you'll know you've made it in life when a bank ever offers you prime for any one of the loans you want to take out with it. So that's what the Fed rates are. The power comes in when the Federal Reserve shifts their discount rate, and they'll do that for a number of reasons. I think the most concrete example we have is the recent financial crisis in 2008. When 2008 hit, Ben Bernanke was the head of the Fed, and he wanted to increase our desire to spend money. In a recession, you dig yourself out by spending money. So he needs to increase our desire to want to spend money, specifically at a time when we're all a little scared to do so. So what he does is he drives the discount rate down. Because if he drives the discount rate down, 
then the Fed funds rate will go down too, and the broker call rate will go down too, and the prime rate will go down too. All of our financial rates are kind of benchmarked off this discount rate. Mortgage rates will go down as well. If mortgage rates and car loan rates go down, we as customers are more likely to want to buy them. The cars and the houses, that is. So Ben sees a recession coming, and he says, I know how to solve this. I've got a PhD in economics. I'll drive the discount rate down. If he felt like the economy was going too fast, if he felt like we had hyperinflation, then what he would have wanted to do is he wanted to drive the discount rates up. Now, just because we're talking about the Fed, let's hit the other side of that story. Bernanke drives the discount rate down to almost zero. He can't go lower than zero, really. We Negative rates at the time is in a conversation we're having. And that doesn't solve all of our problems. The recession still continues. So he pulls the next tool out of his toolbox, open market operations. When we say open market operations, we're talking about repurchase agreements, sometimes just called repos, and reverse repurchase agreements. And you'll get a lot more of them in the analysis section. There's a little bit of them in debt, but analysis talks to them a lot more. So I'll just hit the repo really quickly here. A repurchase agreement is when the Fed tries to inject money into the system. The intent is to loosen up credit, make it easier to get loans, make people feel like they have more money. Then if they feel like they have more money, they'll spend more money. So in a repo, the Fed buys initially and the intent is to loosen the credit rates so that people will spend money and drive the economy up. And that's exactly what Ben does. When he realizes the recession isn't getting solved, he instigates what we call the quantitative easing program, QE. And he goes through QE1 and QE2 and yada, yada. And he, at one point, he's buying back $20 billion worth of securities from the market in these open market operations. He's injecting $20 billion into the economy on a weekly basis so that the banks are flush with cash, hoping that the banks will turn around and lend that money out to customers. So to tie the story off, unfortunately for Ben, that's not what happens either. In fact, in 2013, when he's about to hand the reins over to the next Fed chairman, a woman named Janet Yellen, he has one last congressional testimony. He goes before Congress and he testifies about the state of the economy. And in a roundabout way, he basically says that. He says, look, I've driven the discount rate down to zero. I've used up all my discount rate tool. From an open market standpoint, I've quantitatively eased to the max that I can. I'm pumping $20 billion into the economy every week, and it's not moving the needle. He almost goes so far as to suggest that maybe Congress should start doing a legislative solve because from a Fed approach, he's used up the two normal tools that he uses on a daily basis. Drive the discount rate down, increase the repos, that should stimulate the economy. And I'll leave it to you to figure out, you know, in terms of how we feel about if the economy actually dug out at that point. But that's where the frustration in that testimony came from. And that's the legacy that Janet Yellen inherited when she took over the reins in 2014, is the Fed can only use on a daily basis discount rate influence and open market influence. So to summarize the core concept of this episode, it's about the discount rates. The Fed fund rate is bank-to-bank -bank lending to meet the overnight reserve requirement if you're short. If you can't do that, you can go out to the Fed and get the discount rate on that loan, and the Fed will cover you for that. 
in a slightly related way, a little bit higher on our rate scale, is the broker loan rate, the rate at which the banks will loan money to the broker dealers so that then the broker dealers can turn around and loan money to the customers on margin. And a rate slightly higher than that is the prime rate, the rate at which the banks will loan money to their primo best customers. And you want to keep that stack rank in that order for the purposes of the test. So that's our session for today. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.